Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's Ashley. And this is Brittany. Welcome back to More Than a Season podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We're in two different locations this week, so that's why it sounds a little different than what you're used to. But Again, thanks for tuning in and we love y'all so much. We really appreciate you being here. If you are new, we are a podcast for significant others and others who support someone within the sports industry. And so we are just so grateful that you are here and listening to this episode. We are going to talk a little bit about our game, but then we're going to move on Mm -hmm. because this wasn't (laughs) our best weekend. We had our first loss of the season, game three. We were at LSU and so we had... A tough game, a very tough game, but you know what? We have a lot left in the season, and I think you just have to move forward. Yeah, we've talked about it on previous episodes where you have to set a standard for yourself and your significant other, and what's worked best for Brittany and I is we kind of have a 24-hour rule, so Mm -hmm. you get that 24 hours. We've talked about it on previous podcasts, but it's been very helpful in our communication with our significant other because you can't dwell on it. You got to keep moving forward and look towards the next new week. Uh, so that 24-hour rule, what is it, Brittany? What do we do with that rule? So they're allowed <laughs> to sulk in their feelings for 24 hours, and then you have to move forward. You know, there's a lot more to this industry. There's a lot more to life than just that game. And so I think initially when Drew and I first started dating, we talked about this because He used to sulk from the game on Saturday until Wednesday, and then finally he was like a new person. And so we had to have a talk finally like, hey, you can't do this because he was like short with me. And I'm like, here's the thing. I wasn't on the field. It was not my fault Mm -hmm. that we did not win that game. So I think just having that conversation with your significant other and letting them realize like, hey, there is more to life than the game. And yes, we can be upset. We can be frustrated but we do need to move forward after that 24 hours. Yeah, it's been so helpful in our relationships and just communication because that way it just makes sure that you're on the same page. But we just wanted to bring that up because, you know, we had it happen. We had our 24 hours and we're moving on. So we are looking forward to the next home game this week. I am currently in Boston for a work event. Um, If you follow us on Instagram, you've seen me kind of share little tidbits here and there, but I will be back and we will be back together Mm -hmm. again at the home game on Saturday, uh, which is 11 a.m., which is a little early, but you know, we actually love it because the guys get done a little early that way. It'll be so nice. We've had such late games so far. And so it'll be nice to actually have like the rest of the day. Although you have to get up early, you at least have the rest of the day to hang out, watch other football games and kind of relax. We've talked about this too, but you know, it's always like, the day of the game leading up to the game they have their set routines and things are not the same so even if they are home or if you're with them or whatever it's not the same as being after a game so it'll be really nice to have that time just to like relax and watch some football and not be stressed (laughs) I know for everyone that's tailgating they're like oh it's so early and then us in the sports world we're like bring it on we're ready for Uh the 11 a.m so it'll be good it'll be really good and Brittany and I are excited for that game but this episode that we are bringing to you this week is super unique because it's all about women empowerment, having a network, like a sports network that is geared towards the female audience and super neat interview. She created this new community called the Fangirl Sports Network. And basically 
it's a way to get sports information to women without being condescending and with having that network where women do care about sports and there are women out there that really follow all of the things within the sports industry and then there are ones that just kind of want to know but maybe they're not as like in depth about stats and past experiences and things like that so this community really dives into all of those different areas and gives information to women in whatever form they want to take it in. Yeah. And Tracy is her name and she is absolutely amazing and also a beat reporter for the 49ers. So she dives into that a little bit as well as work-life balance and talking about how to have a career and a social life and take care of all the things. So it is such a well-rounded interview and we cannot wait for y'all to listen. So hang tight and we'll see you on the other side. This is a very special day. Yes, we're excited. We finally got this one on the books. This has been a long time in the planning process to finally get our special guest on our podcast. So we won't waste any more time. We'll go ahead and toss it on over to her to let her introduce herself. Hey guys, I'm Tracy Sandler. I am the founder and CEO of Fangirl Sports Network and a 49ers beat reporter and host (laughs) of the Tracy Sandler Show and the Get My Job podcast, both on the Believe Podcast Network. Wow, she got that all in in one breath. I know. <laughs> like you could tell she was a reporter. She was like, yes. and this you get, you is get my elevator pitch. <laughs> That's really funny. So was the dream always this? So how did you get involved in the sports industry? Kind of break it down where your path has led you. Well, it's funny because I worked in sports during and after college. And then I kind of went on to some other things. And I worked in politics for a while. And long story short, I was working at a political and philanthropic donor advising firm, which is a mouthful. I don't know if I could get all that out in one breath, but I came to the firm at a kind of an odd time in the company. It was a very, very small firm and there just wasn't that much for me to do. And so for fun, I started a blog called the trials and tribulations of my love hate relationship with the San Francisco 49ers. So it was, it was wordy <laughs> while still working. I very much treat it like a business. I wrote during the week, I had social media channels. I wrote game previews. I wrote game recaps. I started five fun facts and I took it very seriously. And so after a season of doing that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if I can make this into something. I I didn't love what I was doing at the firm and I thought I could maybe make it into a business. So began as 49ers fangirl, grew into fangirl sports network. And we've had a few iterations of the company, but I feel like we're in a really good place now. I'm really happy with where we are. And that's kind of the story of of how it began. That's so cool. I feel like that's just something that's just like a passion project that turns into a full-time business, which is everyone's ultimate goal in life, I feel like. And so you've been a 49ers fan for your whole life. Did you grow up a 49ers fan or how did that start? I did. I grew up a 49ers fan. I discovered them when I was very, very young and I loved Joe Montana. I love Steve Young. It's very different now because I am a reporter that covers the team and I take that very seriously. So I wouldn't call myself a fan anymore, certainly not rooting for them to lose, but I I wouldn't call myself a fan. Like I'm a diehard Dodgers fan and the 49ers, you know, I I have a different perspective than maybe some of the other beat writers because I did grow up a fan because this started from my fandom. So I'm able to do some different kind of content and bring a fan perspective to my content. But it really is because I grew up loving them. Like I said, really little discovered Joe Montana. 
just loved Steve Young and it, it really went from there. So you probably have a lot of like history that you can kind of pull into that might be some fun facts that people might not know or, you know, you got that side of things. Did you have to like study the Ross? Like, how do you know all these people? <laughs> I feel like that's just like a lot. I mean, I'm here every day. I mean, that that's part of being a beat reporter. You're at every practice. Yeah. You're at every press conference. You're at every game. You are at every offseason, everything. I go to the combine. I go to owners meetings. So I always say you know, I do a radio show, people will listen, friends, family, whatever. And they're like, you know, so much. And I'm like, if I don't know this, then that is a problem because I am here every single day. This is what I do. And I always say this to people as well, because I've had friends who maybe don't quite understand the industry, which is understandable. And they'll say to me, well, why do you go to practice? And I will say to them, it's, it's the same reason the players go to practice. (laughs) Obviously we're doing different things, but if I were an attorney, and I just showed up when the trial started, I wouldn't be very well prepared, but practice is where I'm taking a look at what's going on. We're getting injury reports. We're interviewing players. We're in the locker room. We have our press conferences with the coaches and that's where you learn everything and prepare for the game. And that's where I write my stories throughout the week and all of that. So that's really how I know everything because I'm I'm here and that's just what I do every day. Yeah, and I feel like you're very confident in your ability, obviously, to speak and because that's part of your job, but also just to have those quick thoughts and quick facts that we were just touching on. So were you always that way with those confidence or like how did that evolve over time as you were spending longer time in the industry? I think somehow I did seem to start with this confidence. Part of the reason I started the company and started my blog was because I am such a big sports fan. And was like, if I'm going to talk about this every day anyways, maybe I should see if I can turn this into a business. So with the blog, the original Trials and Tribulations blog, it's like, well, I think I'll just start writing and see what happens. Let's see if we can make it into something. So that knowledge was always there because I love sports. Mm -hmm. And so I've always paid close attention in sports. And now, obviously, it's a little more in depth because, like I said, I'm here all the time. So (laughs) that's what you're doing and learning. But the confidence was kind of always there. And I remember the first time I did live TV, I really wasn't nervous. And I surprised myself with that. But I think it's just because it was like, I know what I'm talking about. There's nothing that they can ask me about this, where I'm going to say, I don't know. So that I think that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, which is, which is nice. But that is a lot of hard work and preparation and something we talk a lot about on the get my job podcast, because that's a podcast where I'm highlighting women in the industry every week. We talk about preparation and over-preparation and how important that is generally in this industry and even more important for women because we don't get the same breaks. If Mm -hmm. I say something wrong or mistake something, it becomes a much bigger deal than if one of my male counterparts does. Right. And let's kind of dive into that a little bit because I feel like, you know, a lot has changed in the past 10 years and more women are getting out there and they're getting these jobs that they didn't have previously. And so when you first started in this industry – to where things are today, what has been the transition and what are you looking for towards the future? Well, I think we see a lot more women. I mean, on our beat, there's still, there's two of us that are on the beat. There is also a female columnist. There are other female reporters that come in and out, but there are two of us that are like on the beat, but we are seeing more and more women and Mm -hmm. we get more and more women there on a daily basis. And and every day. And like I said, there are other female reporters, which is, which are great. I guess there's three of us on the beat, but nonetheless, there are a lot more female reporters, but I'm also seeing, we see a lot more female coaches. We're yeah. starting to see 
some more female front office people. And we have a long, long way to go, but I had someone on get my job. She's the director of the NFL and Fox and to have a female director in sports is a very big deal. And she's amazing, but I'm hoping that this doesn't become a very big deal. Like in the future, I hope there are many directors and that it's not such a big deal. And so we want to see more of that, but we see, you know, with the Marlins, they have a female president. So there's more, it's getting better, but I think it's really in those front office roles and behind the scenes where we want to see even more. Yeah, because I always question on TV, I was actually talking to Carson about this a couple weeks ago, is you see female reporters on the field, but you don't see them up top with the TV, like going over and doing the play by plays and talking about what just happened. And uh, from your perspective, why is that? Is it ratings that are like the misconception? Like, why is it so different? Well, we're seeing a little bit of it in baseball, which has been great. So we're definitely seeing more of it in baseball. I think there's still this idea that in order to be up there, I don't know, that a play-by-play is man and then the other person is someone who played the sport. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is probably where a lot of that comes from. It There probably is still a group of people that wouldn't want to see a female in the booth, but I'm hoping that changes. It is cool to see in baseball that it's changing yeah. a little bit. And I think that's the beginning of it, but it is 2022. And I can guarantee you that I could sit in a booth with a former player and do a really good job. It's that's not like, I'm not saying that's my goal, but I know that I have that ability. I have a number of female colleagues who also have that ability who could sit there for a game and do a fantastic job, but hopefully we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. When we'll get there, but hopefully at some point we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I feel like it offers such a unique perspective too because I think, yes, of course you want you want to get the perspective of somebody that's played maybe the position or played on the field of whatever sport you're at. But it's also interesting for people that are just like very knowledgeable in the sport and people that have experience and people that have seen different things and to come and talk. I think it's really cool. So hopefully we do get there. Hopefully we do because I know I could sit up there and say like, you know, Trey Lance – hits Brandon Ayuk and stride for an 11 yard pass. He keeps, I mean, I know I can do that yeah. and ask questions, but that's, you know, hopefully we do get there. Right. At some point. Right. And so you're very busy. <laughs> you are very, very busy. <laughs> so how do you keep everything all together and also still, you know, have a life and have the outside social aspects? How do you keep everything together? It's not easy. <laughs> and there's something I saw on a panel several years ago that someone said, there's no such real such thing as balance on a daily basis. It's got to be like an overarching balance. So for instance, in training camp, training camp, like I really, training camp is what I'm doing for that month. That's it. It's different. You know, yeah. you're just, it's almost every day. There's like one day off where we, especially this year, the 49ers had joint practices against the Vikings. So I was in the Bay. I was in Minneapolis. I was in Houston. Like your training camp is just that month. I just accepted. Okay. No one's seeing me during training camp. The season starts and you get in a little bit more of a normal schedule. And it's kind of an, like I said, an overarching balance. And I've tried to put myself in a position where there are certain nights where I do have for social activities. And there are certain nights where I'm like, I'm really tired and I'm just not going to do it tonight. But I had made a decision a while ago. This business is obviously a priority. This, my job is such a priority, but I wasn't going to let it take away my social life. So I think even for me who I'm based in LA and in the Bay. So I spend Wednesday and Thursday in the Bay area practice. 
I go back to LA Friday and then I go wherever they are on the weekend. So I have a whole life in the Bay. And so I have plans on Wednesday nights in the Bay during training camp. I try to still see my friends here. You know, it's my friends in LA kind of have to wait the month and that's okay. Everybody understands that and that's fine. But, but I do make plans when I'm home and I say, these are the nights I can do. And like, let's make a plan. And I just try to do it to the best of my ability. It's not always easy. Sometimes I'm tired and I do force myself out because I'm like, I don't want to be in a situation where my entire life is my job. It's a huge part of my life. I love what I do. And my job is somewhat social and my job provides me a lot of social activities that are amazing, but it's finding that overarching balance. And I think it's a struggle for all of us, but you know, workouts for me are a non-negotiable. I need to be able to have those self-care for me are non-negotiables. And it's funny, Tuesdays are players day off. And I try to make that it can't be Tracy's day off, but <laughs> it could be Tracy's day to focus entirely on Fangirl Sports Network. I mean, I have to do that throughout the week, but Tuesday is a day where we can do shoots and, and film stuff and that kind of thing. And Tuesday becomes, I try to get a self-care activity every Tuesday, that's something good, yeah. that's my time. And that's kind of how I've tried to make it work. I don't always get that, but I, I've tried. <laughs> no, that's incredible. I think that with women in general, we always feel like if we're taking time out for ourselves, there's always that guilt that, oh my gosh, I could be prioritizing something else or I'm being lazy or whatever. So I think that that's awesome that there's a shift and you already have that priority set in your mind that you're like, nope, I'm going to do this for myself. But it's funny at the NFL, there's no true off season. We, there's the six weeks off between mini camp and training camp, but there's no like true real off season. But during the non-playing part, <laughs> we'll go with that, the non-playing off season, I try at six or 6.30, I'm done working for the day because there's always more things I can be doing. That happens no matter what. And during the season, I can't really do that because who knows what's going to happen at six or 6.30 or seven or seven. You just never know what might happen. But during when the actual like, playing part of the season ends, I try to make it a priority if I'm not like at the combine or at the draft or that kind of thing, but make it a priority that like at six or six 30, the day ends and whatever it is can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. And with all of these different things going on, have you ever experienced burnout to where you're like, I cannot keep going with this? Or have you just been so fueled by the passion of loving sports and then being in it that you just haven't experienced it? I mean, I think we all have burnout. There are days where I'm like, I'm just very overwhelmed. And I'll say even a week ago, it was the Tuesday before the season started. And, you know, last week was a week where I was in the Bay Wednesday and Thursday. I got back Thursday night, left for Chicago Friday afternoon and wasn't coming back to really late Sunday night. And I was supposed to have plans with my friend Polly. And I was like, I, I texted her first thing in the morning. And I said, I'm just overwhelmed right now. I'm overwhelmed by everything. And I can't do it tonight because I need, I need to take the time. And so I think that's kind of how you can avoid burnout because burnout can come socially and professionally. If you're going back to kind of what we're saying, where I try to not let the job like run my life, but you have to take care of yourself. And so when I have those times where I'm feeling that way, I'll say, okay, we can't do this. And like, even during training camp, and this is silly, but this is the world we live in and part of what I do. Instagram is a really big part of our business. And so we do reels and TikToks and all that kind of stuff. And like a month and a half ago, every Monday, a couple of people on my team would send me like a bunch of ideas they had for the week. And about three days into that, I was like, we can't do this right now. We can't, I can't do it. There's only so much I can do during training camp. And the other thing I did is I said, we're going to put, get my job on hold until after training camp. And so, because I have found times where I'm so burnt out that like nothing's being done great. 
everything's just getting done. And so for training camp, I said, you know what? The 49ers have to be my priority this month. And that's it. And like I said, when the season starts, there's a little bit more of a set schedule and I can plan things better. I could record three, get my jobs because it's an evergreen show. I can record three of them on a Tuesday. That may be a long Tuesday, but then the next three weeks, that's really helpful for me. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of finding those things that you can do to avoid burnout. And those were a couple of things I could do. I was like, this month, we're just not going to do those things. And this month we're going to put, get my job on hiatus and we'll be right back first week of the season. And we were. And get my jobs better for it because then I can be invested in it and talk to our guests and have a good conversation as opposed to like, I just got to get this done. I think everyone experiences that where they might not have their passion or effort behind the reason that they're doing something. So I think that's a really good perspective to have. I would love to hear about fangirl sports and for maybe those that aren't as familiar with your platform, how you even got started and what is the goal behind fangirl sports? So with Fangirl Sports Network, we started it several years ago. I wanted to create a place for female fans to be whatever fans they wanted to be, whether they were super passionate, knew every stat and every moment of every game, or they liked the lifestyle aspect of sports or whatever it was. And I also wanted to create a place where women could come and enjoy the content and not feel intimidated and not feel like anything was condescending. So those were things that were really important to me. So we say, you know, you get a humorous look at your professional sports teams. So kind of to give an overview of Fangirl Sports Network is we create content that goes a little bit off the field, off the court, under the helmet, while still sharing breaking news and information. Our content is funny. It's digestible. So some of the things that I've been really proud of is we do community Monday every Monday. And that way we get to highlight the work athletes are doing in the community, which is really important. It doesn't always get highlighted as it should be. Five Fun Facts is a series that I started with the 49ers players, but now we do it weekly on a relevant athlete. We do the Friday Five, which are your top five stories going into the weekend. There are five very digestible slides. Our Instagram story also goes on our website. So we kind of create this fun, digestible content a lot of original memes, original reels and TikToks and all of that. So that's really where we are. And then the Get My Job podcast, which highlights women in the industry, the Tracy Sandler show, which is a sports and lifestyle podcast focusing on the 49ers and my Dodgers that I I love the Los (laughs) Angeles Dodgers fashion. And then we just launched Fangirl NFL show, which is hosted by two other women. And that's really awesome. And they're off to a fantastic start. So that's really what we created. And it's been great. And I've had women come up to me and say that, they were intimidated by sports until they found Fangirl Sports Network. And we've recently launched Fangirl in Training, where we do it in a really good way. I mean, so important to me not to be condescending because female sports fans I know know more than men and are way more knowledgeable and way more rational about it too, to be honest. And (laughs) so we did Fangirl in Training where we go over every other week if it's the WNBA playoffs, here's the WA playoffs, here's how it goes, here's the rules, here's how many teams, here's the schedule. And then Two weeks later, we got a pop quiz and, and it's been fun and, and that's been enjoyable. We just recently launched the dating game and that's been really fun content too. And we do red card, yellow card, and it's been great. So we've created this kind of sports and lifestyle brand where people can really enjoy it however they want to. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that's awesome because there has never been anything like it. And there's just such a community of people, obviously, to come and find this group to just feel accepted. So amazing job. I think that that's so, so neat. And so with that, what I wanted to touch on is 
content. So how big is this team of yours? Because y'all are rocking and rolling. And every time I feel like we open Instagram, you've got something going on there. So what does that team look like? How did it start? Was it you and somebody else? And then you just exploded with people or how did it work? (laughs) So it started originally it was me and somebody else. And then it's kind of grown from there. Now I have two incredible women who run the Fangirl Sports Network Instagram account. Kelsey and Bailey are amazing. And I will, people will text me or DM me all the time. Be like, oh my God, that meme was so funny. Or that reel was so funny. And I'm like, thank you. But I myself did not create it. That would be Kelsey. <laughs> and Bailey. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. But it wasn't. They're amazing. I mean, they really are. They are amazing. They're on top of everything. They're always ahead of the game. I mean, Bailey will send a graphic one day or two day be- two days before, let's say during a NBA finals, WNBA finals and say, we're here. This is in case the aces win or in case the warriors win in case the Dodgers win, whoever did wow. ready to go like, like way ahead of it, which is amazing. And they just do a really good job and they're always thinking of new and fresh ideas. So they're incredible. Then I've got incredible woman, Christine, who runs our Twitter and our Facebook, and she helps get the podcast. You know, once we get it from believe she gets the podcast published and posted. And then I have a, a couple of people that run the website and then our head of partnership and sales. So this is kind of our general group. And then there's me, but people will say, I don't know how you do it all. I'm like, it's because I don't do it all. Like I do have people <laughs> that help me and there's, and I couldn't do it all. No, there's yeah. no way I could, there's no way I could do it and do the other job that I do. Right. So it's really been a fantastic team. And that's the hardest part of running a company and a business is finding good people, managing people, kind of letting them fly on their own. And that's very difficult. And I struggle with that all the time because at the end of the day, it is my baby and it is my name on it, but I have people in place that I trust and I have to trust them and let them do their thing. Yeah. We totally understand that from the business side of things. It's hard to like let other people do things and I'm not a very good delegator. So it's really hard for me to be like, it's really hard. And I even find with the family Instagram, I only step in with there's something I feel is really necessary. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It has to be really necessary because otherwise I, and I want them to have the creative freedom to do it because they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. It's crazy, but we learn our news from y'all because we are on Instagram all the time. So I feel like that's our Mm -hmm. first source of information versus other people that have different platforms, Twitter, you know, Facebook or their news apps. And we actually learn our information from Instagram first. And so we always see y'all's posts and it's so informative and interesting. So it's really awesome that they have all of these different sources that they pull information from. Do they have to have notifications set up or how do they get all of this amazing content? Yes. And they they do have notifications. And that was something that we kind of decided relatively early on, like, you know, kind of Twitter notifications, who should we be getting from and be on top of because of the nature of what I do. I'm on Twitter all the time for sports. So I think that helps too, that if there's something I'll send it, but they're on top of it. Cause I'll say like, Hey guys, whatever this just happened. And they're like, yep, we're on it. We're getting it on the feed. And it's just like, they're, they do seem to be very much on top of it, but I do think the notifications help because then it does help you kind of know what you want to share. And we're all on social media for better or worse. We're all on social media all the time. So it's hard to miss kind of what's going on. Yeah. And for your future with the platform and the community and all that, where do you see it going? Like, what are your goals for it coming up? I know that it's always evolving and it's just getting bigger and bigger. But of course, you have an end goal. 
Well, we want to launch more and more podcasts as part of the network and working with Believe on that. And we used to have a model where we had a fangirl for every NFL and NBA team. And the model didn't quite work the way I envision it working, which is another important thing when you're starting a business and a content company, you have to be flexible and you have to understand that sometimes you have to let things go. And we gave it a you know a shot. It was during COVID. I decided we were going to change the model and it worked out for the best for the company. But now I would love to bring that model back in podcast form because it's different in podcast form than in social media yeah. form. And it gives people I think, a little bit more ownership. So I'd love to bring that model and just kind of continue growing to where we are. We have some potential exciting series coming up, some on-camera stuff coming up. So there's a lot of kind of that in the works. And I'd like to create a little more of that and just to really be like the number one spot for female sports fans. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so let's hear more about what beat reporting is because I've recently learned more about what beat writing is because of my fiance. He has a beat writer here at Mississippi State that has called him a few times about different recruits that they're offering or different things that are happening on the back end of their team. And so I would love to hear more information about what beat reporting is and Mm -hmm. what your schedule looks like for those that may not know. Uh, Absolutely. You know, so it's kind of a 24 seven job because you do have to be on top of it. And so if something happens at two in the morning, something happens at two in the morning and you you have to deal with it and report on it and cover it. And so it's your job is to cover the team in every single way. So you kind of always have to be on, always have to be checking and always just have to be on top of things. So my schedule in terms of, I can kind of go through a little bit how the week goes. I'll say starting Wednesday, because Wednesday is when they have their first practice of the week before the game. So Unless it's a Monday night game and it changes everything. But let's pretend it's a normal (laughs) Sunday game. So on Wednesday morning, I fly up to the Bay. We have Kyle Shanahan usually around 1240. He gives us his updates. We talk to Trey Lance and the locker room is open. Then we go to practice. And then if I'm, I may have another interview scheduled with a player. And if I'm going to write something that day, then I'll write that afternoon, get it up, publish it, promote it on social, all of that kind of stuff. And then on Thursday mornings, I record the Tracy Sandler show for Friday, talk about kind of the Wednesday practice, the big news and preview the Sunday game, Thursday practice. We talk to the defensive coordinator and assistant and then open locker room. And then again, if I'm going to write something, I write it that afternoon. But for me personally, I don't usually write on a Thursday afternoon. I usually am prepping on Thursday for what I'm going to write for the weekend. So then we go from there. Friday, I'm writing the Friday five while also watching the press conference because I don't usually go to practice on Friday, get all the updated injury reports, get that out there. And then either Friday night, Saturday, travel to wherever it is that I will be that weekend, wherever they're playing. Sunday, game day, the day starts early, um, but I'm at the stadium (laughs) three to four hours before the game starts. And I'm at the stadium three to four hours after the game ends. And then Monday, another Tracy Sandler show, conference call with Kyle Shanahan and players, Talk about Sunday, Tuesday, players day off, and then rinse, lather, repeat. So that's, oh kind, of, that's kind of the week. I didn't like, I didn't know how much detail you wanted. No, I appreciate no, that. No, we want it all. Yeah. <laughs> I think people just are like, oh, you know, she goes to practice and then she travels with the team. Like you, we needed the detail. We yeah. need it all. And we I think it on social media, that's what it looks like. And it's fun. And, and I have a lot of fun with the social media aspect of it. So I, that's like a whole extra part of it, but I really do. I have so much fun doing that part of it. But I think it does make it look like, oh, that's fun. 
And now Christine's yeah. over. How lucky for her. But, but that's okay. I mean, it's obviously people have way worse jobs. But I want to highlight it because I think it's important for people who want to be in the sports industry to understand it's a lot of work. It's not all mm-hmm. the glamour of game day. And even game day isn't always so glamorous. So uh, it is a lot of work. It's amazing. So lucky. I have an incredible job. But it is a lot of work. And I think it's important for people to understand that if they want to get into the industry. And so when you travel to wherever the team is playing that week, are you traveling with the team? Do you have to travel separately? What does that look like? We travel separately. Reporters don't travel with the team. So do you have to plan all of that too? Or do you have someone that does that? I do that. Oh, that's wow. my, that's a goal that one that sometime soon, I'd like to have someone who kind of does that for me. But in some ways, talk about delegating. It's easier for me to do it yeah. because I know my schedule and I can just, but that is a whole thing in itself. Yes. I have to plan all that yeah. and book all that. That's a lot. I think that's the other side of things, right? People see you like at game day or on social media, they're like, oh, cool. She probably like got there so easily with the team. It was like people think that on the outside. So I always feel like it's so good to get like the inside scoop. You actually had to plan all of your own travel. It's a I lot. Guess, and yeah. night coming back from Chicago, I had an 8.40 p.m. flight that got delayed till 10.01. I got home and then on the way home, there was an accident on the 10 and I was on the 10 for an hour and I got home at three in the morning. So, yeah. and again, people have worse jobs and thank God I was not in an accident. Like, Thank God for that. It's just there's these logistical parts that we forget about. For sure. Yeah. And we always ask this last question on every single one of our interviews. And so we did not prep you for this one. But if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now and that you learned, what would you tell yourself? Well, I always say, and I don't know if this counts. So I'm going to start with this and I can go to the mails. But I always say that somewhere there's like a very young, 11-year-old, 8-year-old, whatever, Tracy Sandler who can't believe I do what I do, who fell in love with Joe Montana and watch football and can't believe this is my job. So I would say there's that. And I think I would tell my younger self that each experience helps you with your next one. And I know that it sounds really cliche, but it's very true. And that it, none of it is worth stressing over. Yeah. You know, and that's something to really keep in mind. And I would, I would definitely say that because there are even times since I started fangirl. So I could even say like my younger self three or four years ago where something will happen and I get so stressed out. And the reality is like, it's okay. It's, it's not that big a deal. Everything's going to be fine. No one is going to die and it can be frustrating, but to kind of give myself some grace, you know, give yourself some grace because we all make mistakes and it's going to be fine. Yes. I love that. I love that the experience leads you to the next thing, which mm-hmm. could be yeah. the next thing that you need to be at. So I love that perspective. And we thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking with us today. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.